This is a test. The Nerd World Order is conducting a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. If this had been an actual emergency, the signal you just heard would have been followed by the phrase... Ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, this is the Nerd World Order broadcast. I am the man that you call Dukes. To my right, I have ya boy Joe. And to my left, I have the gaming correspondent, Matt Morosi. How you doing today, gentlemen? Doing good. I'm doing quite well. What's up, everybody? This is the gaming broadcast for the Nerd World Order broadcast, where we talk about all things gaming. Uh, Matt is clearly an expert on gaming, so thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Before we get started talking about the broadcast, one of the things I want to talk about and give a shout out to is the website outoftheboxnerd.com. They actually did a ranking of the top 10 Facebook groups that are gaming related for 2019. And guess who made the top 10? That's right, the Nerd World Order. Now, the Nerd World Order broadcast you're all listening to is actually an extension of the Nerd World Order community, comprised of 20,000 nerds who come together every day to have conversations about all things nerdy, whether it be gaming, comic books, RPGs, anything that you want to talk about, movies, television, everything that's nerdy. You can find it at the Nerd World Order on Facebook. Just type hashtag IMNWO into the Facebook search bar and you can find the Nerd World Order on Facebook. The top 10, we have video game fans as number one. Number two is games and more. Number three is BB and HB gamers. And then number four is Geek Legion ZA. And number five is implying we can discuss video games. Number six, Gamer Girls and Guys. Number seven was Fellowship of the Geeks and Nerds. Number eight was Gamers Group. Number nine was The Geek Strikes Back. And number 10, top 10, uh, as ranked by outofthebocknerd.com, was the community, the Nerd World Order. So, I have to give a huge shout out to every member of the Nerd World Order community who participates and helps the group, but also the gaming content, the gaming excitement around the Nerd World Order. Uh, that's something that Matt provides every two weeks on a regular basis. So thank you, Matt, for creating a gaming environment for the Nerd World Order. Oh, you're welcome. I'm happy to do this with you guys. It's fantastic. How great is that, though? I mean, out of how many, Alan, did you say? Uh, let's see here. So they they listed the top 10. Well, actually, they listed the top 20. We made the top 10 list out of all the Facebook groups for 2019. So if you think about the thousands upon hundreds of thousands of Facebook groups, for us to be recognized. Right. That's quite an achievement for our, our community. Makes us feel good, right? That deserves a booyah. So, Matt, what have you been up to as far as gaming over the past couple weeks? Uh, recently, I've been playing uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is an awesome game. If you like Castlevania-style games, it plays like Symphony of the Night. Um, it's really, really good. If you like Symphony of the Night, it's like from uh, Ikarashi. It's the same guy who uh, made that game. And it, it has... A, it's like a complete ripoff. I don't know how he got away with it, honestly. like It's, it's everything Castlevania minus the name. Really? 
Yeah. Well, I know I know you're a pretty big Castlevania fan. So scale of one to ten, ten being great, one being pass. Would you recommend uh, checking out this game? If you're a Castlevania fan, it's got to be like a ten. It's it's a must play game if you're a Castlevania fan. Nice, very nice. So Joe, uh, what have you been playing lately? Just just been playing Overwatch right now. They got a new character coming out that I've been watching on YouTube called Sigma. So it's pretty cool. It's a new tank. So right now it's in the beta system where you can kind of like play it for a little bit where the betas tweak it, you know, like on a server, playing server. You know, the servers where you can play, but it's not really the server. And then they fix it and they tweak it and then it comes out for release. Even though we talk about handheld games and while we always have different perspectives on handheld gaming, right now I've been playing the Walking Dead Owl Roll game. As you guys know, I'm a Walking Dead fan. And right now, my Walking Dead gaming fix is coming from this. It's a VR game. You know, basically, wherever you walk, you run into zombies, you shoot them, you keep moving. So at this point, I'm not playing on the Xbox or the PS4. It's just strictly handheld gaming. But this game is a lot of fun. You get to rescue folks. Uh, You get to build up your camp. You get to build up your survivor center. So it's a pretty fun game. I would actually recommend it if you're into handheld games. It's a great way to get out and get exercise, to walk around and get exercise, so I'd uh, strongly recommend it. Is that on mobile, Alan, or is it on something else? It is on mobile. I have it on Android, so sometimes on my lunch break, I will uh, walk around and pop open the game and just walk around the office. Well, not the office, but outside the office, and just shoot a few zombies and then go back to work. Uh, The only other thing I would add is my big video gaming buy this weekend when I was at Comic-Con is a Walking Dead video game. They had a t-shirt that had Clementine on it, and it had the evolution of Clementine. Little girl Clementine, teenager Clementine, adult Clementine. So it looked like the evolution of a walker, but it was Clementine, who was just the freaking coolest character in a video game. And it's awesome to see her grow up, and they put that on a t-shirt. So I'm just totally stoked. I should be wearing it right now, but I don't want to wear it just for the broadcast. And then, like, later on, if I wear it, I'll be like, I know I wore this T-shirt once this week. But, uh, yeah, dude, I'm stoked on that because it's gaming, it's Walking Dead, it's comic books. I was so excited to pick that up. Yeah, that's awesome. Would you like to see her in, like, one of the TV series of Walking Dead or for Walking Dead? Bro. Yes. Clementine is, she's just one of those characters where she's resourceful, but she, and it's a video game, bro. So you're like, really? It's a video game and you're getting hyped? Yes, because she's resourceful, but she cares about everyone around her. She's been in a leadership role. She's helped people out. Dude, if you haven't played the Walking Dead video games, just to see the evolution of Clementine, you got to do it, bro, because she would be amazing in the TV show. One of the characters from the TV show and from the comic book actually ended up in the video game interacting with her. And I was like, ah, oh, dude, here's a chance they could jump off and put her in over here. But eh, that didn't happen. But anyway, yeah, dude, I would love to see that. You know why they won't do that? Why is that, Joe? Because you're so hype about it. <laughs> <laughs> So it always happens, man. <laughs> well, I, I'm willing to be hype and just hold out that maybe one day it'll happen. Nice. Yeah, so the June NPD numbers just came out recently. 
they had some interesting statistics. So one thing that was interesting that in June 2019 that they tracked spending across the video game hardware, software, accessories, and game cards. The total of that um, reached was 959 million dollars. This was by analyst Matt Piscatalia, and I also got this information from VentureBeat via Jeff Grubb. Um, so that number, that 959 million, it's 13% lower than it was a year ago. So spending across all areas in video games is down right now. Um, that's kind of to be expected, though. You're at the end of a life cycle between PS4 and Xbox One. You're going to see those numbers climb as soon as those new systems hit the market. And then for the, the best-selling games of the month, we had a, a top 10 games here with Super Mario Maker 2 at number one, Crash Team Racing, Nitro Fuels number two, Mortal Kombat's number three, Grand Theft Auto 4, or Grand Theft Auto 5, because it is always in the NPD, is number four. Minecraft is number five. Super Smash Brothers is number six. Marvel Spider-Man is number seven. NBA 2K19 is number eight. Mario Kart 8 is nine. And then Days Gone is number 10. That's actually pretty interesting. I guess a question I would have regarding this is it seems like, okay, Super Mario Maker 2 seems like it's moved up a little bit. Uh, Crash Team Racing. But for the most part, it seems like it's more established games that have been out for a while, like uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate, obviously Minecraft, uh, GTA, Mortal Kombat 11. Why aren't any newer games uh, making their way into that top 10? It always seems to be the same games consistently. Well, there's a couple reasons for that. So, so Mario Maker and, and Crash are newer games. So they're at the top still, <clears throat> which makes sense. But uh, Mortal Kombat 11... That's been out since April. Um, the next thing we're going to get into is like the best-selling games. That's the best-selling game of the year so far. So that game's continuing to sell. <clears throat> Grand Theft Auto has been in the top of the NPD since 2013 when it released. So it's been there for years and years, and it's not going anywhere, apparently. Minecraft is still a super popular game, so that's not too much of a surprise. It's always in and out of the top 10. And then Smash Brothers is still selling super well. Um, it's obviously one of the biggest games on the Switch. But for the some of the older ones at the bottom, like Marvel Spider-Man, that game came out in like October, I think. Uh, NBA 2K19 was in September. Mario Kart 8 was March of 20... No, sorry. May of 2017. And Days Gone was from earlier this year. So they're all a little bit older. But the reason they're in there is uh, Days Gone has continued to sell pretty decently. But it also had a price drop for a period of time. It was down to $39.99. NBA 2K19 was down to 20 bucks, and Spider-Man I seen as low as $20 also. And then Mario Kart 8 just continues to sell. If ever somebody buys a Switch, they almost always pick up Mario Kart with it. Yeah, I just think it's amazing how Minecraft is still on there. <laughs> it's been out for such a long time. But if you if you look at all the top 10 games, really, what one thing they all have in common, a majority of them is uh, online gaming. So it's easy for, you know, like, like especially like Mar uh, Super Mario, um, Smash Brothers, or Mortal Kombat, Grand Theft Auto. I mean, that's something you could do with your friends, or especially if you have a, a, a Switch, you could play with a bunch of people. You could do it at parties. So I think the online game has something to do with a lot of that, and it's the same content. Usually, with the online game is like that. They don't really change too much from the format, so someone could pick up any edition, whether it's like especially if you look at 2K19. 2K20 is going to come out and it's going to, what, different graphics, but it's pretty much going to play the same. So I think that's the reason why some of those games keep going on the top 10 because it's familiar. So if someone goes out and buys a game, they know what they're going to get. Like a lot of other medias right now, whether it be primarily movies, uh, to some extent TV shows, number one, 
the developers don't want to put their money into something without a degree of knowing if people are going to buy into it. So the fact that the top 10 continues to be uh, the same products really just reflects the fact that people don't want to waste their money on untested products or or new franchises that they haven't really dealt with before. So, you know, whether it be Minecraft or, you know, obviously the Smash Brothers lines or the NBA 2K, the Mario games, there's definitely a theme of people sticking to what they know is going to be good. Yeah, for sure. That I definitely agree with. And what Joe was saying too, about the online stuff, there's only two games on that list that are not online. <clears throat> that right. stays gone. And Spider-Man, every everything else, I think, I think even Crash Team Racing has an online component. So those two things combined make a lot of sense for why these games keep showing up here and staying up here for the most part. Yeah. The TurboGrafx-16 mini console we talked about the last time. I was I was super stoked for that. They got uh, released additional details. It's coming out on March 19th, 2020. It's going to cost $100. There's going to be 50 different games included in it. Some of these games are the English versions. Some of them are Japanese versions. Now, in Japan, the system was called the PC Engine, and that's, that's where like, the Japanese games came from. But this list, it doesn't matter if you live in the, in the Americas or if you live in Japan. You're going to get the same game. So that means we're going to have some games in Japanese, and the Japanese market's going to have some games in English. So they released the list, and uh, the U.S. versions are going to be Airzonk, Alien Crush, Blazer Late, Blazing Lasers, Bomberman 93, Bonk's Revenge, Kaddish, Chu Man Fu, Dungeon Explorer, JJ and Jeff, Lords of Thunder, Military Madness, Moto Rotor, uh, Neo, Neotopia, Neotopia 2, New Adventure Island, Ninja Spirit, Parasol Stars, Power Golf, Psychosis, R-Type, Soldier Blade, Space Harrier, Victory Run, and Yeast Book 1 and 2. So that's the American versions. Any of those speak to you? I'm not really familiar with a lot of the games. I mean, everyone's heard of Bomberman. Uh, generally speaking, I haven't really heard of them, but the price tag is really appealing to me. A uh, hundred bucks and as many games as you get, it just seems like a no-brainer. Just pick it up for the fun factor. Yeah, the hundred bucks isn't bad when you're getting 50 games. I just The only thing I have a problem with is they didn't give you a second controller, and if you want to buy that second controller, you need to buy the TurboTap, which is something the TurboGrafx-16 originally had. You know, it only had, like, one port. So if you want a second player, you got to invest into another controller and invest into a TurboTap. They could have just changed the console and made it, you know, have two ports and not charge you for the TurboTap. Right. But either way, some of these games are, like, hundreds of dollars if you find them out in the wild. Yeah, you have to pay for the TurboTap, but I think overall it's worth investing in to enjoy the games. So I'm, I'm probably going to pick it up here. Yeah, on Prime Day uh, for Amazon Prime, I posted up in your in the uh, Facebook group. Uh, the pre-orders went live on these, so hopefully some of you guys picked those up. Um, but I got my pre-order in, so I'm ready to go. And then uh, <clears throat> the PC Engine games, we got Rondo of Blood, Adeline's. Apar, Bomberman 94, Bomberman Panic Bomber, Cho Aniki, Ghouls and Ghosts, Dungeon Explorer, Fantasy Zone, Jinga Fukai Densetsu, Sapphire. That game is super expensive if you can find it, like a real copy of it. Right. Uh, Grad Gradius Nemesis, Gradius 2, which is Nemesis 2, Jaseken Necromancer, Nectaris, which is Military Madness, 
Neotopia 1, Neotopia 2, Ninja Raikuden, which is Ninja Gaiden, PC Genjin, which is Bonk, Salamander, Snatch, Star Parod, Paroider, it's Fantasy Star Soldier, Super Darius, Super Mamotaro, then Tetsu 2, Super Star Hello. Soldier, The Kung Fu, and Yeast Book 1 and 2. So Nintendo announced the, uh, the Nintendo Switch Lite, which is a new version of the Nintendo Switch. Uh, very interesting what they've done. I got this information from IGN um, by Adam Bankhurst. Uh, so this is the system at a glance. It's going to have a smaller 5.5-inch touchscreen. It's lighter. It has an all-in-one design, which means the Joy-Cons are not detachable. So they're they're you know built into the the screen. Uh, there's a real D-pad this time, which is nice because the other one just had like four uh, like uh, basically like four different arrows pointing in different directions instead of one solid D-pad. Um, it has improved battery life, three to seven hours. Um, there's no IR or HD rumble functions in these because the Joy-Cons are not detachable. And it has no ability to dock to a television in tabletop mode. The system is going to be available in yellow and gray and tur- turquoise for $199. It'll be out later this year. So I'm not really a fan, not just because it's Nintendo, but... I think sometimes stuff gets stripped down a bit too much, and I feel like that's what they're doing here. So, I just uh, just stick to the regular Switch Nintendo. Isn't one? Isn't the regular Nintendo Switch like two ninety nine or something like that? Yes. Yeah, I think the, they do the light just to make it cheaper. So you know, like one might go there and be like, "I'm not going to pay two ninety nine for that," but then someone else might come along and say, "Ooh, one ninety nine." Yo, $100 cheaper, I, I can get down with that. So I think that's why they do that. Here's my problem with that. Normally, it's going to be moms and dads who buy this, right? Because their kids are going to be like, oh, I want a Nintendo Switch. And the parents say, oh, I'm not going to spend $300 on a Nintendo Switch. And then they see the light, and they're like, oh, it can't be that different. And so they spend the $200. But then all the things that really make you like the switch are the things that they strip down in the light version so yeah you can still play the game but it's it doesn't have the same functionality and then your kids got to pretend that they like it that they like your nintendo switch light but they're really thinking i wish i had a real nintendo switch they're thinking i wish my parents weren't so cheap and just spent that extra hundred dollars and get me what i asked for instead of the stripped down watered down version of a nintendo switch so no, I don't want this Nintendo Switch Lite because I'm going to be that parent that tries to save $100 and then my son's got to pretend that he actually likes the Nintendo Switch Lite. So no thank you, Nintendo. Yeah, this is definitely designed for families. Like Nintendo talked about this maybe like a year or so ago that they want, you know, they don't want you to have one Switch. They want you to have multiple Switches. So for I think this is really for families who are just getting into it, like that you said, you know, just getting a, the cheaper model for the kids, or it's a family where there's already one switch in the house and they just want something the kids can take with them on the go. I think it's going to sell gangbusters. I think Nintendo is smart for doing this, but the system certainly isn't for me. That's definitely not something I'm interested in. If they make like a pro model later down the line, that would be something I'd be interested in, like with a better screen resolution, something that was more powerful, because the switch is fine right now, but come maybe a year from now, a year and a half from now, when the PS5 and the Xbox rolls out, 
they're going to have a real hard time making games specifically for the Switch because they're going to have to, you know, it's going to be even further separation in, like, power. It's already separated at this point between PS4 and, you know, Xbox One. They're, they're already more powerful than the Switch. Yeah, I think Nintendo, one of the things you talked about is they, they do tend to go after the family market. And this is definitely another grab at the family market. They're not going to be the games that you get because you want greatest power or or the greatest resolution or anything like that. So at least Nintendo's smart because they stay in their lane. For that, I, I can see the value in this product. Yeah, but you'd be surprised on how many like college students or people in their 20s or their 30s that play on the Switch as well. Just because it, kids that like to drink will play the Switch. Because it's something like, hey, let's play Mario Crash. You know what I mean? So it's like something like four people, you've been drinking, you can just play the game. So I think you're absolutely right, whether it be families or or whether it be college students, that that is definitely Nintendo's niche as opposed to the hardcore gamer. I mean, you got I mean, we both like Xbox, but Xbox One, Xbox X, Xbox S. <laughs> so they every company does the same thing. So right now in, in arcades, there's a it's basically an arcade game for multiplayers. I think you need teams of one, two, three. Like, I think you need like teams of five. So I think the arcade is like a big cabin. There's like ten people play this game at the same time, and you can't have less than that. Like you have to have that many players. But it's perfect for the Switch because you can each have your own Joy Cons, and I think you could do like less players on this version of Killer Queen Black. But basically, it's like a party game where like there's a snail on the bottom of the screen that moves super slow. There's a queen bee that, you know, if you kill the queen bee, that's one way to win. If the snail reaches an end goal, that's another way to win. And then you can collect, like, uh, I forget what they are. They're like coins or something in, in the game. And if you get a certain amount of them back to your, your I guess, your hive, then uh, you can win that way. So there's three different ways to win. And it's basically everybody's competing to either get that snail across the line. People are attacking the queen. So you have to work together as a team. That game's that game's already huge in the arcades. That's probably going to be the next you know big game on the Switch. I think it's coming out in August, if I remember correctly. Nice. I should definitely check that out. Are you guys going to be buying a Switch anytime soon, or do you already have one? Absolutely not. It's funny because uh, uh, Nintendo or Switch just came out with Ultimate Alliance Three, and so a couple of the guys at work on their lunch break. One of the guys brought in a Switch, and they were playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance on lunch. So uh, that's the closest I'm going to be getting to a Switch anytime soon. Interesting, coming from the guy that owned a Nintendo Game Boy at the beginning of his gaming hood back in the day. Does not want to get a Switch. Hey, going back to that Killer Queen game, Alan, it looks like... Uh, remember when we used to play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the X-Men game where four people go around and they can play? Yeah. That's what it looks like. You got four nice. people gathered around there playing, but the graphics look crappy. But nowadays, dude, people, I guess, don't care about graphics, but it doesn't look that good to me. But I'm sure the playability is probably good, though. Yeah, it's it's being in the moment with your friends and, like, you know, right. like the tension of, like, oh, my God, the snail's going to cross the line. Stop the snail. And then the next thing you know, the queen is vulnerable. You know, it's it's like a back and forth. I get it. it sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, if, if you guys were looking to get a Switch, I would tell you to wait a little bit longer. There's a, a new version of the Switch coming out. It's not like a whole new... They're not calling it like Switch 2 or anything like that. It's just a Switch. But this new model number is going to consist of uh, having better battery life. Nintendo hasn't confirmed why that is, but 
it's reported that you know supposedly it's going to have a better processor in it, which is which means it'll process the games better, which could possibly help with load times. But for sure, it's going to increase battery life. Um, Matt Perslow wrote this article from IGN that said um, the new version is said to offer approximately 4.5 and 9 hours of battery life compared to the 2.5 to 6.5 hours provided by the current model switch. So if you're in the market, you guys should wait like another month or two until these hit the market. I don't know if you guys were Monkey Ball fans from back in the day, but Nintendo's, or not Nintendo, uh, Sega is bringing back Super Monkey Ball. I think this is going to be based off the Banana Blitz game. They just they just started talking about this a couple days ago. Um, did you guys ever play Monkey Ball? I did. It was pretty fun. Yeah, I didn't play no damn Super Monkey Ball, bro. There, there wasn't too many games you could play on Sega that were good, but it wasn't Super Monkey Ball. Are you still playing Apex, Joe? Nah, that's all my kids now. That's all they play. Yeah, because like the battle royale games, it looks like they're starting to decline. I'm not saying they're not popular. They're not. They're still bringing millions of dollars in. But um, <clears throat> speaking about Fortnite right now, Twitch viewership is down 72% compared to the this year's Celebrity Program. If you compare it to last year's, um, this I got from thegamer.com by Josh Colson. Fortnite Celebrity Program viewership in 2018 was 1.5 million viewers. The same time in 2019, 427,000 427, viewers. So that's down considerably, um, at least the viewership-wise. And then the other thing I just wanted to bring up here is like Apex Legends. I haven't heard much about that. Nobody's really talking about that game anymore, and they just had a new season of content a couple of weeks ago. Have you guys heard anything going on with Apex? Do you think Fortnite's still, you know, obviously it's still a big deal, but do you see it going downwards at this point? You know, it's pretty interesting because I've seen more Fortnite merchandise in, uh, let's say, Walmart, Target. Uh, I went to Comic-Con last week with Joe and there's Fortnite merchandise everywhere. So I think Fortnite is now part of the American consciousness and normally when something reaches the point where it's at Walmart, unfortunately, it's on the decline. And I think that's where Fortnite is right now, where now that mom and dad know about it, it's not cool anymore. And once something isn't cool, the kids move on to the next hot thing. I don't know what that next hot thing is. We could probably ask Joe's sons and they could tell us. But I think Fortnite has reached its apex. See what I did there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <bum, tss. laughs> but I, I think you're right though. I think like my my son goes from he fluctuates from Apex to Dawn by Daylight. I think it is where I don't know if you ever played that game, Matt, or I know Alan hasn't. But basically, it's like you have a you could play a killer and just go around and you kill people, or you could be the person running away to not get killed. So he's been going back and forth between that and uh, Apex. Yeah, I know the game you're talking about, but I haven't played it, so I'm not too too familiar with it. Yeah, he's pretty stoked. Like he got like um, you could be Jason in it. I think I think he, the last skin was Jason, and then you just keep. It's kind of like Call of Duty, where you just keep leveling it, and you get like that uh, prestige, and then you can get more gear and stuff like that. So that's what he's been playing for a while. He goes right. back and forth between that and Apex. Actually, sounds like a pretty interesting concept. I know they uh, had the Friday the 13th game there for a while, and that never really took off. So this sounds like it's 
sort of variation on that. It actually sounds like a pretty cool game. Yeah, it's actually pretty fun when I watch them play it. Basically, the killer can walk hella fast, <laughs> just like the movies, and then you're walking slow as hell, and you can only do certain things, but each one has its perks. He likes to play both. You know, I mean, he's such a high level, he can play both, but he knows the tricks of the trade of how to like escape, and he's won the game. Uh, you, you can either win as the person that doesn't get killed, or you can win when you kill everybody, so... He has fun with it. He likes to play it. So speaking on Twitch for a second, I think every new medium experiences the same thing over a period of time, which is it's new and it's hot. And then along the way, somebody decides that they want to replicate it. And when it starts getting replicated, that pulls a little bit away from the viewership. Uh, An example might be first you had Netflix, now you have Hulu. And so I would say that Twitch... Because right now it's it's just kind of saturated. I think it's really difficult for people to tune in and really figure out what they want to watch. So I think that's more of a decline because folks are burned out right now. But I would think that in order for Twitch to have a resurgence, they're going to have to do what Netflix did and what a lot of the broadcast companies are doing, which is find ways to create more exciting content to get people interested in the the product again because right now it's like there's so much of it it just it's all static and it's all noise yeah i think it's you know on the decline you know you you bring up some valid points there it's you know been out for a while they had a real real good chance if they had all this merchandise when fortnite was was as you said was at its apex uh they could have sold tons and tons and tons of merchandise not that they're not selling merchandise now but, you know, stores are flooded with Fortnite merchandise a year later when, you know, they, they, they're just late to the game. Like, they could have sold so much more of that merchandise a year ago, and it just took them way too long to get all this stuff marketed and sent out. I think the gaming industry is going to have to change. Like, you're going to have people still putting out this. You know, the, the industry is known for chasing trends. You're still going to have these Battle Royale games coming out. There, there might be some that are popular or whatever, but I don't think we're ever going to see anything to the, to the you know, the, uh, the level that Fortnite was at. I think part of the problem with the merchandising of Fortnite is because Fortnite's popularity was organic. It took the mainstream a little bit of time to understand exactly what it was. So the merchandising, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, wasn't available because the mainstream weren't the ones consuming the product and when it got big enough where the mainstream knew it was the people who originally consumed it they're like eh moving on so things that grow organically tend to have trouble with merchandising because nobody wants to make products for those organic uh homegrown phenomenons i just happen to just be looking at twitch if you look at twitch right now at the live streams Fortnite has 76.8k viewers. Grand Theft Auto 5 has 70.6k viewers. And Team Fight Tactics 105.5 viewers. Have you ever heard of the Team Team Fight Tactics? Yeah, I play it all the time. You see what, you see what I mean? So like to your point, that's probably why like there ain't many people watching Fortnite because a lot of people are gravitating to whatever's the new hotness like Alan said. So I've never heard of that, but they've got 105k viewers watching it right now. I mean, Overwatch has 55K, Apex has 44K, 
Just Chatting has 76. I've never even heard of that. We're just chatting right now. We're not getting that many views. <laughs> you know, like, you got World of Warcraft with 41K. So to, to Alan's point, like, you don't know what the new hotness is, man. Anything can happen, you know. But you're looking at Twitch right now, and that's what people are watching. And if you love the Nerd World Order, and I'm sure you do, uh, you'd like to represent, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on the Instagrams. All you have to do is type hashtag IMNWO into social medias. Uh, we would love your support by giving us five stars on iTunes, five stars on Stitcher, uh, five stars on Podbean. Subscribe and listen, and thank you for supporting the Nerd World Order. I'm at from NJ the number 2 CA on Twitter, and you can find me on Facebook at Matthew Morosi. You guys can see me in the Facebook group, too, and at NWO as well. Nice. Ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, this concludes this episode of the Nerd World Order broadcast. Until next time, I'm NWO. We are NWO. And let your nerd, nerd flags, flags fly. fly. Booyah. 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 What is that? Booyah. I'm broken! I'm broken!